0: Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play!
1: You bet one one bone to win 19? Just... Where <laughs> What site do you use where you can actually bet one
0: buck? I... They let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, great <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain. Comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that
1: from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina.
0: Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big basketball show from the Dave in the City studios at the home of Champions, Southern California. Champions... Uh, Champions in basketball, champions in baseball, champions in golf, where the latest champion, Max Homa, was crowned during the Genesis Invitational over the weekend. But on a much more somber note, the host for the Genesis Invitational at the Riviera Country Club, famous as it is, was Tiger Woods. So he was in town, and today he he was driving around, lost control of his car, rolled 700 feet. And he it is unbelievable that he is alive today. If you saw the footage, the really not the footage, but the aftermath of the of the wreck of his SUV, which apparently seemed to have been borrowed from the event, it looks like to be it looks to be, and this is just me speculating, but it appears to be a Genesis SUV, which would be the first of its kind, and they haven't even released it to the public yet. Um. Uh, but the point is that looked really nasty. And unbelievably, he came out of it. They had to extricate him from the car. It took paramedics and, and law enforcement uh, quite a lot to get him out of the car. He suffered really severe injuries to his legs, lot, compound fracture, broken ankle. But that's it, which is insane. Like It's amazing that anyone could even survive a crash like that. But boy, what a what a trying time for Tiger Woods. And we're all just thinking of him right now. And uh, many thoughts and prayers around the, around the country and perhaps the world too for the greatest golfer of our generation. And we hope that he can get a a full recovery. And I mean, I assume he can walk again and hopefully he can. And then if that, that goes well enough, you know, it might be a miracle at this point, but if he's able to play golf again, boy, that would be something. But I think it's, it's very fortunate that he was able he was able to get out of that alive. It's just incredible, but uh, all that happening here in Southern California this uh, this week, Lakers also in Southern California having a really rough week. They lost to the Wizards in overtime. Also in Southern California, a couple of days er- about two days earlier, the Clippers played the Nets, and what a finish in that one! We'll tell you more about it as we get our friend Chris in Georgia to to. Um, to, to uh, host another round of the NBA report where the dregs start to rise and the champions start to fall a little bit in the month of February. Let's jump it.
1: <laughs>
0: the NBA report for February 23rd. Hottest team in the NBA. A week ago, it was the Jazz. This week, it's the Wizards. Winners of five straight, including an overtime win against the Lakers after coming back from a 17-point deficit at Staples Center um, from the third quarter into the fourth and into overtime. Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook would not be denied, and neither was the kid uh, whose name I forgot already, but uh, he was just shooting all sorts of threes. The man wants to be known as Denny Avija. Avija, and and that kid had 20... Had, eight points but they were in a big spot so boy wizards really really on a roll nets on a roll too they also beat the lakers over the week over the past week they went out and they beat the clippers too with a very controversial ending and this is why i need to bring chris on immediately because we got to talk about the ending of that clippers nets game the nets have had some wild ones including one in the making tonight against the sacramento kings they're holding off the kings but it's uh it's taking some effort uh, they're they're up in their game, 121-110, to 110 with three minutes to go in regulation. Nets doing the job, though. And even with Kevin Durant not playing, it's uh, it's been quite a run for the Brooklyn Nets. So, uh, Chris, let's get you back on the program. It's been about a week. How are you doing tonight?
1: Hey, Dave. Good. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well as well. A lot to talk about tonight. And uh, the Nets and the Wizards are at the forefront. We really focused a lot on the Western Conference a week ago. This week we're talking about the East, and it is is—it's quite interesting. You know, it's—you uh, know, I was down on the Brooklyn Nets. I didn't think they were that good. But five 5 wins later, th- this team, they're good. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, I get we both have agreed that the defense really hasn't lived up to the, you know, the defense just isn't that good. There was never much of an expectation for them to do much defensively, but they're doing enough. And I don't even know what they're doing. We just see that they're getting it done. And um, despite the fact that they still struggle to close out games, great example was Sunday. This team is good. Um, so what are you up to these days? What what's new with you? And once we establish how you've been, we can talk a bit about the Nets because they're they're something they're 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 giving you something to watch every single night, whether or lose, mostly win at this point.
1: Yeah, you know, I was I, I'm doing okay. Um, just not really doing anything exciting. Just just watching hoops where I can. But um, yeah, I was kicking myself because the Nets went on that that West Coast trip, and I turned off the Suns game. I think you probably watched the entire thing. I turned it off because they were down double digits in the third quarter, I think, and came back and won that game, which was incredible. And it was and. Kyrie and Katie were out in that game, I think. It was just Harden. And they came back and won that game. It was Harden and and Tyler Johnson were the heroes in that one. So I've been kind of staying up and I've been watching more West Coast games lately. Um, particularly, you know, I mean I, the what time the the Sunday game against the Clippers didn't end late, but um, but yeah, I've been I've been staying up and watching some of these uh West Coast games and and uh, just just doing a little bit of that, and um, you know, West is best. So I've been I've been following that a little bit, and uh, and uh, yeah, pretty much pretty much that's it. Good
0: recall on the Thursday game because or was it the Wednesday game? When did they play that? Was that was that Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday? I Can't even remember anymore. But I
1: can't remember the days all blending. <laughs> it was with a while another, ago. But I I just all I know is I couldn't believe it. I I turned it off. I woke up yeah. the next morning. I'm like, wait, the Nets won that game.
0: They were down twenty four.
1: Twenty four
0: points. And they came back and they won. And hard like you said, about like you said, Harden was a big part of it. Joe Harris was a big part of it. It really was like watching the old Rockets because, you know, it was just Harden and a bunch of other guys and it did remind me of a Rocket game. He had the go ahead step back three pointer that you love so much, Chris, to, to That's take his that's his
1: trademark, that yeah. and the and the uh, the drive to the basket and, and you know, get the foul. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he's like mastered that. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, and then I think that was the game Tyler Johnson hit a bunch of threes, too, wasn't it? And yes, last time we saw Tyler Johnson was in, in Phoenix. Phoenix when he was playing for the Suns against yeah. Milwaukee. We went to a game and he had a nice game that night, too, in which they pulled off the upset.
0: So. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was something. And if we thought that was crazy, that was just yeah. the start. They went out and yeah. they beat the Lakers the next game. So maybe that was Wednesday because I, I think. I seem to remember one. I know that because I know that because the the game was like one of the games was on TNT. So I guess that was Tuesday because they they go Tuesday Thursday. The yeah. Laker game was I think on TNT too, but they humiliated them. And then we had the Clipper game on Sunday, and I'm gonna just pass it to you because this ending was just unbelievable. I mean, they were up big, and then the game was decided on a controversial foul, where they called a. Uh, Kawhi Leonard for a charge where it looked like it was more of a flop by uh, by the Nets. So you know, Clippers. I wouldn't call it a bad loss because they had to rally back from a huge deficit. It was crazy. So let me get your thoughts and your breakdown of last of that game on Sunday.
1: Okay, I'll I'll make the the, the least important point first. I'm watching that game. I, I, I actually turned it on late. I turned it on in the fourth quarter, but um, first of all, they're playing in LA. The Clippers are wearing all black and the Nets are wearing white. And so right off the bat, I'm thrown off. I'm like, what is this? I can't, uh, this looks like the, the Nets are, you know, the away, you know, they're the, they look like they're the home team and they're wearing white. It just, it was just totally messed up. So I'm, I'm, kind of down on these uh, alternate uniforms and <laughs> Clippers wearing black and yeah. Nets wearing white. It's just, it's too much. Let's let's stick to the traditional colors. Um, so that out of the way. Um, yeah, it was wild because uh, the Nets, yeah, as you pointed out, they had a lead and then um, they the Clippers tied it up 108 under a minute to go. And there was a wild sequence at the end <laughs> in which, I think Kyrie took a three from, you know, just not the top of the arc, but just a little to the right side. And I thought it was going in. It it rims out. And who's there? DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan punches it in with his left hand. It was the most insane um, putback because I don't even think he was trying. I think he was trying to actually grab the rebound. (laughs) And he, he had like hands of stone. And the ball just bounced off his left hand, went back into the basket. Nets have the lead. Kawhi gets, and I, you know, look, it's so funny because Harden was guarding him. Kawhi has the ball and gets a layup and gets called for the charge. <laughs> and it's just like, man, you, you kind of throw your arm, your hands up in the air. Cause that's, it was, it looked like a Harden move, right? I mean, the dribble drive to the basket and um, you, you expect an M1 and they, you know, they blow the whistle and it is a charge going the other way. And that was it. Nets that's one actually, and that's one handily. It was close. It was closer than the final score. I think they won by six, six, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, but yeah, that was a wild finish. Um, fun game though. And, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Nets showed you something, you know, pulling that one out.
0: It did, you know, Like we definitely got on them for for blowing games and not not closing them out. The most famous example, which we did not talk about on the show, was a couple like either one Sunday or two Sundays earlier in uh, in Washington. And what a convenient segue this is going to be because the Wizards with that insane sequence within inside of twelve seconds where. The um where Russ like hits a three and then they turn no, no, somebody hits a three, and then Joe Harris tries to inbound the ball, and some clown like intercepts it, gives it to Russell Westbrook, and then he hits the three to take the lead. I'm like, what the heck is going on? That was unbelievable, so that was like that was like them at their worst, but this is them a little bit better uh closing out that game, and they yeah, had we to- got. Oh god! Yeah, the guy
1: who uh, picked it off uh, that inbounds pass was Garrison Matthews. Yeah. He's starting for the Wizards <laughs> right now. <laughs> and I, I had to look him up. I didn't. I didn't know who
0: he was. Yeah, who would have known who that guy was? It's just such a such a nutso ending to that game. <laughs> so, like I said, you know, if you if you are a net fan, you've been entertained every single game in the last like, month. Like, it has been just such an exciting month for the Nets fans and not necessarily for good reasons. Like they should probably have won a lot of those games even more easily, but, um, but it's still just such an interesting month to be a fan of a team with so much firepower and, but well, three major superstars. And a lot of the time, only two of them or one of them end up playing. But I'll tell you this, like, For what it's worth, I feel like this is working out for them because I feel like there's less conflict on the court by having one of them out for whatever reason. So I don't think it's such a big problem, to be honest. It it might actually help them. Um, It's just a little easier to manage the team when you only have two of the big three in in effect.
1: Yep. Uh, One thing I was going to say was... um... The, the, the trickiest part of that threesome is really Kyrie and, and Harden. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like Harden has kind of been like the de facto point guard mm-hmm. in this scenario. And I think that's really worked out well for them. And um, I think, you know, getting uh, KD back will, will actually be kind of easy because, you know, he's the guy who traditionally would play more off ball than, than the other two. And uh, it's really worked out. I mean, they they've kind of gelled um, pretty early.
0: Yeah, I, I I I I'm with you on that. It's it's very interest it's very interesting to see that you know. So, um, yeah. I mean, all in all, I I think it's it's been fun. And I don't know if I necessarily take them seriously as a finals contender yet, but they know what they are. And I think even with guys out, it does let other people grow. So it's kind of where it really has worked out. It's almost to their benefit that they just keep doing it this way. I really thought I really feel that way. And,
1: um, I and mean, the, the thing about the nets is, I mean, look, give them credit that, that five and zero road trip is impressive. I mean, you go on the road, West coast teams, I think almost every single one of those teams is going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. and to win all five of them is, I mean, you tip your cap, right? I mean, that's, that's not easy. Oh no! Um, and you know, and then the way you do it with KD, excuse me, KD out for four of those five games. So you're, you know, arguably your arguably your best player is out for for the, you know four of the five games. And you, you know, and, the, and one of the tougher ones, the at at Phoenix, you win with just you know Harden um, is real fe- really a feather in their cap. Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, I think you know at this point they have to be the favorites. I mean, the Sixers have been tough, and um, but uh, the Nets are, are really the team to watch. And, and um, you know when you get that threesome, you know it usually takes a little while to gel. As I pointed out, I don't I don't think it's taken that long, you know, for this team to to kind of work out some of the the issues that you know could have could have slowed them down uh i I also think um the one thing you do have to worry about though is 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 injury you know because let's face it you know Katie coming off the achilles injury and and um Kyrie always i mean I don't think Kyrie's played more than seventy games in the last like five years i mean he's always hurt so uh so you gotta you gotta keep an eye out for that but other than that i mean I think they're they're really good and they, I didn't even realize this. A few days ago, they picked up uh, Andre Roberson, who used to play for uh, Oklahoma City. He was like a defensive stopper, and um, they picked up someone else. I, I can't remember. Um, shoot, I, I just looked it up. Oh, Mon Shumpert is on is on the Nets, and he's playing about 18 minutes a game. So, um, so they're they're looking, you know, to get some perimeter defense there with those two guys. So we'll see we'll see how it works out. I mean I think um Robertson in particular I think if he can you know he has he's been really banged up in the last few years and hasn't played in a while but uh when he did play he was a real defensive stopper so uh it it bears watching. We'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah, I mean I've, I've there have been a lot of there there are some unsung heroes in that. You know, a uh, mine I think would be Harris and it's probably brown, I think. So we kind of got into that already, you know, whether it was this week or last week. So um, pretty good. Now we talked about them against the Wizards, and the Wizards coming off a five-game road, five-game win streak. They're going to be at the Clippers tonight. Now, before we get into anything else, this has been a remarkable run, and it really shows you the kind of fight, the kind of heart that both Beal and Westbrook have, and. I was furious last night after the game because clearly you know and I'm a Laker fan. I don't want them to lose, but, but you got to give them a lot of credit because them and that kid that I told that I don't know the name of <laughs> did a really good job. Um, Davis Bertans finally starting to pick it up, right? And then um, Rory Achimura had some nice plays last night too. So just the team effort for sure. And they've been doing that for about a week. So the Wizards are, are an interesting case because now there are – there's a lot of talk about them making the playoffs. Whereas about a week ago it seemed outrageous to think that they could be a playoff team. But when you got two guys that good, I don't think anything you could rule anything out in the Eastern Conference, so you know you were up for that game too, just to owe to your excitement for this league. I was shocked to hear that. I didn't know you were watching that game, but yeah, they that that was some game. It went to overtime and everything. Um down seventeen not a lot of people would have expected them to come back, let alone win the game, but they certainly did. And I think once they got to like inside of two minutes of like, yeah, you know what? I don't think the Lakers are going to win this game. Cause you can see how tired LeBron was near the end of the game. Like his shots weren't falling, but that's just because he was fatigued. Like he just looked like he was tired and that bench was starting to really get ragged. So, uh, what, about uh, but what, what would you say about the Wizards at this point? Do, do you think the playoff talk is real?
1: Well, a couple things just about about last night's game specifically, and then we we'll, could we'll, we'll, we'll talk about wizards. Um, one, few things shocked me. One, LeBron missing that free throw that would have put him up one with That's about right. nine seconds left mm-hmm. surprised the hell out of me. I, Dave, I I would have bet money, and you know me, I don't bet. I would have <laughs> bet money that he was going to make that shot. Um, two, yeah. there was a s- sequence where. LeBron, I think this was in regulation. LeBron had Bertans one-on-one one in the corner. And I don't know if you remember this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's going to tool on Bertans here. And he he, he had a couple crossovers. He, he was going to make his move. And at the last minute, Washington double teamed him. And um lebron ended up i mean they, they basically had him in the corner and lebron threw the ball away and that shocked me too and i was like and i think what you pointed out is correct i think lebron is tired he just he did not look like superman last night he was just very um uh just conspicuously um not on his game let's yeah. put it that way and uh, it was it was it was interesting to watch because uh, like I said that missed free throw with, you know with nine seconds left when he got the n one I was like okay this game's over um, and it yeah it just didn't turn out that way and, and then in overtime they just they they kind of looked a little listless I don't know um, I mean look the Lakers I'm not throwing dirt on them AD will be back. About- like, he's off for like a month, right, Dave? That, do I have that right?
0: That's correct. Yeah, he should. They said a month, and I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with him hold him out longer than that. I don't think. Yeah. it's not. It's way more important for him to be in, ready for the playoffs.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I would. I would rest LeBron too. I, I really would. Uh, the regular season doesn't matter. I completely
0: agree with that. I think yeah. that's part of the. That's part of my thing with with this this week. He's playing too many minutes. It's like it's not worth it. Like nobody cares if you beat the Wizards in February. Exactly. It's not. I mean, I did last night just because they were up seventeen. But it's like you got to win the game once you're up seventeen. But, but if they just lost out from the beginning, it's really not that big a deal. So, you know, it, I think they they must be trying to hide their bench because their bench has just been brutal recently. Finally had a good first half. Harold was just dominating the paint, and then they got away from it. They just started just chucking threes, and I was suspicious that the Wizards situated his own defense at that point. But I was watching the highlights and I kinda noticed that the defense was about the same both pads, so I don't know. Like that that's very disappointing because it's like it seemed like the bench was gonna be better this year. And losing Schroeder, Schroeder is certainly a big is certainly a big part of the problem. But I mean if Davis just losing just Davis out is gonna make you that bad a team. Then your bench can't be that good, and Kuzma's once again having another just disappoint. I mean, frustrating is the best word I can use for him. Wide open three pointer point shots, and you can't make any of them in the fourth, in the third, and fourth quarters. It's like, and and in Casey P. He's just been been useless during most of that uh, home stand. So I don't know. Like oh, you said, I I don't think it's a problem with, like for the playoffs or anything, but it does show you that they're not as deep as we thought they were a few weeks ago. I think the
1: Schroeder loss is a big loss. Yeah. That's a good point. The other weird thing about last night's game, Harold didn't play like in the second half basically. What happened there? What why I why wasn't he in the game? I, that made no sense to me.
0: Yeah, you're right. I, I I I think that's a good point. You know, he can't dominate if he's not in the game. I I really I'm just as mystified as you. I mean, I know that we both have thought of Frank Vogel to be a solid coach, but man, I it was clear to me like you need to keep you need to keep pushing that guy and like if you're trying to if you're trying to give him like on a minute just get him on a minute's restriction, I think your priorities are off. You got to do it with LeBron. Like let him play all he wants. Like I, I didn't, I agree. I you're right. I didn't even realize that he he was not on the court for most of that. But he wasn't. <laughs> so yeah, they should have. I. This was a team effort, I guess. Coaching too, then, because I see no reason not to play him. You gotta just milk that as well as you can. The best coaches do.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. I, I and I, I do think Vogel is a fine coach. I mean, I, 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 no issues there. It just that surprised me, and I was almost like, "Is this an injury scenario? What's going on here?" Yeah,
0: that's a great question. I really, I, I I'd like to go back and see what the response was to that was, because I'm sure someone else asked that question. I mean, he was killing it. You saw it the first half. Like, nobody could stop Harrell the first half. Um, just in general, this idea that the Lakers would just try to shoot a bunch of threes, it's like that's not their game. Like, their their best game is drive and kick. You know, LeBron is really prolific at it. Um, you can see KCP do it sometimes. Harrell can do it inside the paint. This team is good at that sort of thing. And Shooter, too. Like, he's really good when he comes off the bench at like driving the lane and, and going for the basket. So, you know, to get out of that, that really does play into the wizard's hands. Cause that's really all they do. Like they just kind of, st- they, it's like the opposite of them. Like they tend to stand around and chuck a bunch of jump shots. And I mean, they were making them last night. That's why they won. But um, Westbrook is really, and Beal are really the only two that can consistently get to the hoop. And they did. But I'm just saying that they yeah. tend, the rest of their guys are really just there to stand around and shoot a bunch of jumpers.
1: Yeah, the Lakers are, are not – you're correct. I mean, they're like bottom third in, uh, in three-point attempts. I mean, just, that's just not their game. Mm-hmm. But I just think, like, you know, you, you lose AD. It just it, – AD opens up so much for you right. um, yep. offensively. And, and not having him out there um, just obviously weakens their offense immensely um I, yeah Washington oh sorry go ahead you have well I
0: will just close the Lakers part end of it with this any talk that LeBron was the MVP of the league needs to be thrown out the door at this point because it's clear that the most important guy on the team this year is Anthony Davis that team looks very mediocre without him
1: yeah I mean I think I think you're right I mean it, you know I, I I said this to you offline we saw I mean, obviously, it's a different team from two years ago. But we saw the Lakers two years ago with, without AD, and we saw them last year. And one team won the title, and one team was like the tenth best team in the West. So, <laughs> I mean, so, it, it, you know, that guy. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 a real. I mean, he is the unicorn, right? I mean, because he he sets up floor spacing. I mean, you can play some. You can put him anywhere on the floor. You can post him up. He he really is not a a center in the traditional sense and that he doesn't post up a lot. He plays outside and he he floats a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But because he can hit that outside shot, it just changes the dynamics of the offense so much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's no question. Plus he's, you know, he's, he's still, how, how old is he? It's like 28 right now, 29. He's still like got, you know, years left in his prime. So.
0: He really does. It's, I mean, the only thing you would argue is that, well, maybe he started his career a little extra early because he came out of Kentucky when he did. He only played for a year, if I recall, if I recall correctly. But even with all that, I mean, that is – this is a this is a very special NBA player. Will go on to be one of the all-time greats. So you lose a guy like that who hasn't even completed his – who's still in the middle of his prime, I mean, it hurts. It hurts. and And LeBron is an all-time great. He continues to get it done. In a big spot, he can still average 28 points a game. I mean, I think it's less than that, but I mean, it's certainly in the last week or so, it's averaged about 28 a game. Uh, but it's not going to be enough, especially if your bench is as as, as uh, average as they are. So, you know, it's it just tells you what difference a, a single player can make. Spacing, as you mentioned, is the biggest component of it. So, you bet. So let's uh, continue with the Wizards' end of it. So we have them tonight against the Clippers. Clippers are got to be seething after that loss. They probably felt like they were jobbed. Can we talk a little bit about the Paul George minute restriction? This has been all over the media. Um why would they be trying to pull that off in a game of this kind of importance? Cuz it seemed like a showdown game. It was talked about all weekend. It was on ESPN, everybody saw it, like you saw it too. So why are we trying to go on with this minute restriction? I mean, they can't have a use You can't have the same use case scenario for everything. I was surprised that they, they would go to that.
1: I guess, yeah, I, that mystified me too. I guess, you know, they're just trying to be careful with his minutes. I mean, they know how ineffective he, he was bat. Let's say so he was bat in the playoffs last year. And maybe they're just looking at that and saying, look, you know, we got to take it easy on him and, and uh, not play him too much. And, um, but yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, nice game to have him in the fourth quarter and and, and um, you know helping out Kawhi. But um, but yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think?
0: I I guess they're thinking ahead, but or it's like a little bit of that and a little bit of we don't want him to make a stupid mistake in the fourth quarter. I honestly I have no idea. I just I'm just making stuff up. I have no clue. I really don't. Like I that just seems like. It's too close a to game, and it's too big a team to not want to try to have them in there. I mean, certainly they almost won anyway. But it is—I don't know. I don't really know what's going on. And I was hearing guys getting on Lou for just all sorts of bizarre, <laughs> all sorts of bizarre um, substitutions during the game. I—I I don't have a feel for that either. I'm not really sure what that's about. Um, I honestly didn't think it was that big a deal, but. I was hearing, you know, well, why didn't they go big when they should have gone big? Why, why are they going big at all? Like, this team, it's kind of like when the Rockets went small. If you remember when the Rockets went um, small uh, at the end of last season. And it's obviously everyone knows about Harden being on that team. And when you go big against a team like that, you're going to get killed. The Lakers did that game one in their Western, Western series in the playoffs. They got their ass kicked. And then... They switched to a smaller lineup. They basically told JaVel McGee not to enter the to enter the building. And they went on and they, they, they took the rest of the series. So why the Clippers would not do the same thing, I can't say. I can't say. That's just that's just interesting to me that, that they <laughs> would try to go big in, during any part of that game because it was clear that the speed of the Nets is tough to defend when you have just lumbering big guys like Zubats and so on. A smaller, you know. They probably could have used Harold last night, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good point. It, it surprises me that the Wizards, after that that hard fought win last night in overtime, and I know they're playing in the same arena, but they got to play again tonight. I mean, I, I, that's a rough back to back Lakers Clippers when yeah, you get very that, much so. and usually yeah. they don't. Usually, they, don't they break that up? I mean, I think the Celtics only – when they made that five-game West Coast trip, they, they only played one of the, the L.A. teams. And I, I feel like usually they, they split that up. And, and so it's not like a you know, back-to-back you know, against the Lakers and Clippers. I don't know. But I was kind of surprised that that game is actually tonight and uh, there, there wasn't a break in between.
0: Yeah, that's just a bad schedule. That's just unfortunate scheduling. I'm not sure if there were COVID, COVID postponements that contributed to this, but um, because I know your your Celtics got hosed hugely on one of those. Remember that like that game they had to play against who was it? Was that one of the games against Detroit? Who did they play that that Sunday? Well, they were forced into a game without any notice. Oh, the
1: the afternoon game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that
1: was Detroit.
0: It was Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. That that's not that's just not fair like that that was just completely unfair and i had no i didn't you know i just found out about it before it started like nba tv was getting into that and they had a little spot with brad stevens he was not happy he was not he was not happy at all like he was he was down he was just steamed about the whole scenario so um you know it's it is uh it's a bit of a I don't know if if I my point is I don't know if that's part of the situation or not but um you're right they shouldn't do that that's that's not fair that's not fair but having said that I think that <laughs> the clippers are going to take this game tonight for this under the same principle um besides even without even if it weren't for the short rest chris I mean how could you outdo that I mean Beale and Russ had like nearly 35 points each. That was an unbelievable performance by those two guys. So it really would, it really seemed unlikely that they'd be able to match that again at the Clippers, but I could be wrong. Like what's your feeling as far as this game tonight? The game's already started, but um, who do you see in that game winning?
1: Yeah. I got to change the channel. Um, I think Garrison Matthews steps up big here and, 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 um and upsets the Clippers. No, I'm just kidding. I, I can't I, I just think it's Matthews. it's just I'm just I'm I'm dumbfounded. Like this guy, Lipskin College, that's where he went. Yeah. He's a, he's a, um second year player. Um yeah, uh I I just think this is the, the traditional uh, letdown game after a big win. And um I, I feel like the uh I feel like the Clippers are, are definitely going to take control of this game. The weird thing about the Clippers, though, is like, man, they got like Nick Batum is start like pretty much starts every game for them, mm-hmm. and you know basically hadn't played for the last few years for Charlotte, and was was released as part of the Gordon Hayward signing, and here he is starting for the Clippers, which is just kind of mind blowing to me.
0: You know we're we're kind of dancing around this. Tyron Tyron Lu, is making some really questionable personnel ch- decisions. Am I right? Let me. As he just comes off, he just fell off his chair, folks. He needs to grab his beer and recollect himself. He can't believe it either. <laughs> Chris.
1: Sorry, I was trying to channel here. I got I got a blue screen. I was trying to flip on that Clippers game.
0: Oh, okay. Um, yep, I've got the Denver game on too, so they're on side by side. I just on my computer I can split the screen. So so how about the Blazers? Wow. Just goes to show you how how how, how, how much they're missing in, in terms of injuries. I think McCollum still is out. And there's only yep. so much that Dame can do. And they got pounded by, by the Suns pretty badly. They they lost by like thirty plus points last night in Phoenix. It's pretty embarrassing. They're again, they're back tonight against the, the Nuggets, who have certainly been up and down. They lost to said Wizards earlier in the month. Um, but my question to you is, is it starting to get a little? What's, what can the Nets? What can the Blazers do? number one tonight against the Nuggets. Like, can they hang with them? Going on the road, high altitude, the day after? Another another short game. Another short rest game. What do they do? That That's a tough one. They've had some great wins, though. They, they beat the Pelicans. They beat the Mavericks. They beat the 76ers. That was only a few days ago. Yep. Uh, so they're having a, good, a decent half. month. Just that I figured that once in a while they're just gonna really give up the goat which they did last night so um
1: yeah they, they were also a victim to that to that uh wizards team on the, on the road
0: yeah um yep, yep,
1: they, they were they, they were part of that five game winning streak uh that the wizards rattled off so uh yeah I, I it's so funny like the nuggets are really like just kind of a mystery to me like I, I feel like they're just they're they're just so bad defensively that I I feel like that any team with you know with really good guard play like like the Blazers have can just kind of take it to them and and, um um, can they win yes I but I I still I think the I think the Nuggets take it you know just being at home and and just that you know huge home court advantage that they have but um but yeah I mean the Nuggets are really an enigma to me this year I mean I was you know I I had them pegged for Definitely. I mean, look, they were the top. There was the a second seed the last two years, two straight years, and this year they're seventh in the NBA, uh, or in the Western Conference rather. So, um, so it's a, it's a shock to me, but um, I, I think they win this one tonight against against Portland.
0: I think they're going to win too. It's tough for any team to even now with COVID and everything else to come in on short rest and play at mile high, it's just not It's just not fair. It's just a, that's a tough – that's a tough – that's tough to do. That's really tough to do. So, you know, we talked about the Lakers' struggles earlier, and they got their butt kicked hard by Denver. That was on – was that on Sunday? That was probably maybe about two Sundays ago, yeah. And so the point is, it's just a tough environment. Like, high altitude is not easy to acclimate to if you don't already live there. So, if you're coming in off of normal altitude and you go to five thousand two hundred eighty two hundred eighty feet in the air and to play a game, that's just not easy so you know i don't I don't envy anybody having to make that trip on short rest uh yeah, I did think that Portland was gonna keep it close because you just mentioned that the the nuggets defense was bad but in the end, I, I agree with you. I think the Nuggets will win. They are enigma though. I I can't figure them out either. It's just like they're just some nights they just have no idea what like what, what the heck was that like it. You see that happen too much. Um, they have their guys back though. They had Will Barton. He came back, and you know I thought that Millsap was doing pretty decently on defense last year. Um, the biggest guy that we talk about when it comes to the Nuggets last year to this one is Jamal Murray, who. I mean, his defense is what it is. It's not it's never really been a ma- that it's never really been that great. But he just isn't getting the efficiency that we saw in the bubble. And I think you were one of the guys who probably saw that coming. Because you never bought into his efficiency. You've always been telling us on the show how you're down on Jamal Murray's efficiency. He's just not a he's not a consistent shooter. He's very streaky and the streaks are just aren't hitting for him in this season, right?
1: Yeah, I mean Murray's it's so funny. Like he has this reputation as a shooter and he's he's really not. I mean, he, he he's been actually better this year. He's he's shot 38%, but yeah, I'm, and and he was actually really good in the bubble for some reason, even though on, on the season he shot 34% from 3. Um, but what, where he is good and where he is underrated is as a finisher, he's really good around the rim. Like, he's, he's very creative, a lot of, like, reverse layups, and he's very talented there. But um, I, I need to see more as, of, of him from, uh, from beyond the arc. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I think um, the Nuggets, you know, losing, like, Malik Beasley last year. And, um, you know, I think, you know, they expected big things from Michael Porter Jr., Who's been, you know, who's been banged up a little bit, um, but yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, they, they they really need to to you know find that defensive stopper, and they they just they don't have that, and um, and also, I mean, it would be interesting to see. I mean, with the Beal rumors, um, trade rumors, uh, it would be interesting to see if the Nuggets. Could be in that in that conversation because if if the Nuggets offered if they offered um, Murray and Porter Jr. MPJ for Beal, and I got it, I I've worked out the numbers, I've worked out the salaries. I mean, if you're Washington, that looks pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, yep, yep and if you're the nuggets you're thinking wow Beal and Jokic that could be an interesting combo right there so
0: you're saying just to make this clear for our audience Murray would go the other way in that deal
1: yeah Murray Murray and and Michael Porter Jr to Washington for Beal and I the contracts they'd have to throw something else in there cuz the contracts probably wouldn't that would be, wouldn't match up be exactly. a game
0: changer if they got that to work that what is the what is the number one thing we talk about with the Nuggets all the time when it comes to big spots? What is it? What would what, what would you say? Is their number one issue or the number one thing that you wish that they could do better?
1: Well, right now it's just like it. it really is Jokic. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's excellent. He's they're a superstar, but they like the number two guy from night to night is not. It's not clear who that is. But yes. if it was Beal on that team, it would be you know. That's it. A clear so hierarchy right there.
0: The go-to guy,
1: yeah.
0: it with like third, like ten seconds ago in the game, Jokic gets it done a lot of the time. But it's it would do so much for them if they had a guard that could keep them honest with dribble penetration. No matter what Jokic brings to the table, and he's just unbelievable. Like he, his passing is fantastic. His defense can be good, but uh, I mean, it said can be good. I don't think it's, he's an elite defender like Rudy Gobert, but. But, you know, you still need a guy that can drive the lane. And you know, as good as Jokic can be, and he's not exactly slow, but he can't drive the lane the way an elite guard can. And Murray can do that. We talked about that already. You just mentioned that. But his ability to make a three-pointer, oh, oh, that is lethal in a big spot. So he, and by the way, he really has shown to me to be a really clutch player because he made a huge shot, you know, in the Laker game. But he's not, that's not the first time he's done that. He's really good in a big spot. So that would do so much for the, the Nuggets. I, I'm not even joking. Like that, that just seems like a great idea. Even, I don't think losing Michael Porter Jr. is too big of a loss for that, because we've already talked about how he's still a defensive liability. So I think they can they can make that work. So
1: defensive liability, and let's face it, he didn't play like for a year and a half. So yeah. and then he <laughs> played. He didn't play in college. You know, right. I mean, he, there there is real injury risk there too. So. Yeah. But if you're Washington you, you kind of look at that and you're like I mean I, I would be like if I can just get Jamal Murray for you know for uh, for Beal like that's you know it's 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 not 1 to 1 you're not you're paying you're getting 50 cents on the dollar but still I would I would I would definitely take that because you know you with with, with the player who wants out and um you know, with, the cha- you know, with, with the team that's rebuilding, let's face it, uh, that, that's not bad. That's not a bad return.
0: I think it works for both sides. We've talked about that before, how some of these trades can work for both sides. This would definitely qualify for that.
1: I'll have to run it through the trade machine.
0: Wait, can you do that right now? Like, or do you want to just do that after the show? Well? Oh
1: no, I I wasn't gonna do it. Do you want me to do it right now? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I was no, gonna... no,
0: that that that's gonna be boring was... radio. We don't want to. Do...
1: Yeah, yeah, do <laughs>
0: want to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that be... I was, was just saying, I I I hadn't worked out the salary, so I yeah, I got sure you. That...
0: Well, when but you it, do, it, it was an
1: intriguing trade. Oh, absolutely.
0: And it, I think, believe it or not, that sounds very that sounds very uh, realistic. So. Once you do get those up, I, I'd be very interested to hear the results. It sounds. Like- I actually did run
1: through it. it that that actually works. That, that oh, those wow. salaries match.
0: So that's pretty. I mean, cool. you could
1: actually do it with just Murray, but that does does uh, Washington would really not go for the that. pot? That that's a joke through. for that's a yeah. joke for the Wizards. They would never go for that. Yeah. It's
0: Like just Murray. I agree.
1: It's a top five. Players. It's an it's an intriguing trade that you throw Porter Jr. in there. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, we could really rebuild with these two guys.
0: Junior Michael Porter Jr. fits their fits their offense too, like the system that, um, the system that that they, they have there really really benefits the wing. Like we've already seen it with Breton's, and we saw it with Otto Porter, and you know when he was there, and. And Uber wasn't Uber on there for a while too, like so, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: he, so I, he's drafted by the Wizards. Yeah,
0: that's right. So the Wizards really cater to the wing, whether it's a small forward or the power forward, you know, players like that that can shoot from a from an angle, basically. Um, and Porter Michael Porter Jr. fits that well. He's he's, he's very good at that. Um, his defense isn't that good, but that also fits the Wizards because they're bad at defense too. So it's not like they'd be much of an adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's exciting i don't know if they're gonna do it but uh if they did the hardened trade i feel like nothing is ruled out here
1: yeah it, the hardened trade kind of sent shockwaves around the league right oh, I and mean, that, <laughs> that was just a you know an old fat like a three-way trade first of all in the nba is like so hard to make it work and yeah when it just kind of comes out of nowhere. You know, I think everyone was kind of blown away by that one.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's it's making you know. I, I know that we've lamented in recent in recent years, you and I. I know that you've you've talked about this too. The 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 the, the constant player movement. I don't like using the word constant, but the incessant player movement in the league. And you know, I, I'm not even saying like you need – players have to play for their team for their entire career. I'm just saying, like, man, can you give us, like, five years? Like, guys are leaving, like, every two years now. And it's it's gotten very annoying. And and I feel like after a while, I – this is just my opinion. Like, when, when players go to too many teams, they start to lose their credibility. That's just my opinion. Because then what are they about? Are they even about basketball at that point? Because don't you want to – I mean – if you're not giving any of your teams a chance, and I'm not sure what that says about you as a competitor, um, I mean, in some cases, it's just because they're getting old and they're struggling to find work. Shaq's a good example of that. That's why he's got like 15 teams in, in his basketball reference page. But but when you're still young and you're doing that, I, I mean, that I don't find that a good optic in my opinion. And that's I don't think that's been talked about like this week, but it's been an ongoing theme and. I don't have a problem with players leaving, but I just feel like if you're just continuously finding the other side of the grass, you're probably never going to be happy. So it's just like, you got to give some of these teams a chance, at least if it's good management, you know?
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, the exception I would say to what you're just describing is, is Harden. I still feel like, I mean, Harden's moved around a lot and, mm-hmm. um, I just feel like you know he's he's sort of the exception, but in general, I, I think yeah. The once you see a guy moving around a lot, it, it the bloom is off the rose, as they say. Yeah. So. 100%. But well yeah.
0: It makes me wonder what's going to happen with LeBron and AD in the next like couple years. LeBron's nearly at the end of his career, so I would be you'd pretty have sp-
1: to think. Yeah. yeah right. Like it's
0: pretty to. close. It's pretty close. So, you saw some signs of age last night when he was just struggling to get a shot up. The missed free throw is a good, interesting art in indicator, too. Um, I feel like that's fatigue, too. I don't think there's any real explanation for that because that generally I would not expect that. I would, I, I too would not, would not expect him to miss a free throw after making that basket. I mean, just the adrenaline alone would carry him to making the, making the free throw. So, you know, it happens. Um, what am I getting at oh, so yeah so anyway i think he's probably going to he's probably going to write out whatever's left over in that contract and then we'll see because by then what how, what will his age be like 39 i mean that's old that is old so we'll see yeah,
1: Davis... i mean the oh. number of nba players who play into 39 40 is, is really small yeah. i mean it's really small yeah. i mean i think i mean there's i think there's only a handful yeah. Who've actually played in their 40s? I mean, it's like less than 10.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can name, I mean, we both know one of them, you know, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Clear example. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if Kobe made it that far. I think he got to 39. I don't recall if he made it to 40. I, and same thing for Dirk Nowitzki. I can't remember. Do you remember? Did he get all the way to 40?
1: Uh, Dirk, uh, yeah, Dirk definitely did, I think.
0: Okay, so Dirk uh, is boring.
1: Let me just check that, but, um, but Kobe, I don't think so, did he?
0: No, I don't think so either. Dirk,
1: Dirk made it to 40. Kobe, that's a good question, I don't know, I don't, yeah, 37, because you remember Kobe had the, um, Achilles injury, and he was, like, around 31, 32, mm-hmm. yep. I think, well, not that really kind of wouldn't say it slowed down his career but it it definitely kind of that was sort of like a signal that you know he was he was on the downside yeah
0: yeah for sure for sure so so we have kareem we have dirk so that's two out of maybe 10 that you were referring to yeah kevin willis
1: was. i think kevin willis was like one of the oldest players believe it or not to play in the nba he played yeah look at that it's, it's always stuck out to me. He played when he was forty-four years old. Wow, in Dallas man. Yeah, I,
0: I think I did see him play. I mean, if you played to forty-four, there's a good chance I've seen him play. <laughs> the league is only like what seventy years old, and so I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, had to have seen him at least once in my lifetime. In forty-four, Kevin and... Willis.
1: Yeah, he played for those great Hawks teams in the eighties. Yeah, like there you go. That's right. He, he was, he was a good player, really good player.
0: Yeah, good times. Yeah, he wasn't too bad. I I mean, I don't remember a lot about him, so that's a that's a good one. Um, I think Steve Nash is one or no?
1: I don't I don't think he made it that long, did he?
0: Well, by the time he was done, he was. Like, I'll check that. I'm checking too. I just want to see. 39. He made it to oh, 39. Close, very close, not quite. That's close though. Um, all right, that's a good sample. I don't think we need to continue on that. That.
1: Tangent, <laughs> the, yeah, Manu Ginobili has one. Carmelo oh, Carmelone yeah, kind of. played in just 40. Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: Uh Carmelone played till he was forty. I mean, Willis stuck out to me because he was like a pretty good player, but mm-hmm. just forty-four years old playing NBA. Um, Vince Carter, he was forty-three last year.
0: Ah, that's right. That's right. That's quite a career. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when he was just a kid. I mean, and so was I. Like, uh, <laughs> there
1: there have been more than 10. There have been more than 10 playing in the 40s, but not not that many, though. You're right.
0: Well, it got to be less than two dozen, though. I mean, it's a guess, but I feel like it's a good guess. So.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, Robert Parrish played till he was, like, 43.
0: Oh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. He's looked old his entire career, too. It's like I, I mean, know. he probably looked like he was 45 to oh. me, but at that point he was probably only 37. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. The Early 80s, he looked old to me. Yeah, right? Like, he, but he was he, he was notorious. He was a vegetarian, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Which is interesting. One of the yeah. the first known vegetarians of the league, then. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, though. He, um we talked about it when we did the last dance. Like, he played on the 96 Bulls, if I recall correctly. Like, I don't know if he played, but, I mean, he was in there. He was on the roster. Like you, they probably put him in when they You're were right. 96 points.
1: and 7.
0: Yeah. So good times. Good times. Um, I think those were the big topics tonight. Like I, I did want to get into that. I did want to agree with you on the uniform thing too. I think, I've, I think that's just enough. That's enough. You know, and I, I'm getting a little annoyed, not knowing which teams at home, like we need a little bit. And that's just all Nike's fault. Cause Nike's like, well, let's just make everybody wear whatever color they want. It's like, all right, well then how am I going to know who the home team is whenever I watch the game? You can't just go by the marking on the court because they all yeah. tend to blend into each other. There aren't any fans, so I can't really go by that. So how am I supposed to know who's at home? Like it's just it's getting more difficult every day, every single week to do that, so I just want to tell you that I completely agree with everything you said about that because I think, I think this whole city Jersey scenario is uh, kind of run its course.
1: Yeah, and that, and that game in particular, because now I think of the Nets as being black and white. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's what they wear. Mm-hmm. And when I see the other team wearing black and white, and they're playing the Nets, who are wearing white, it's just like, wait, what? What's going on here? And it, it it's it is a little bit of a you know old man get off my lawn kind of complaint. But it really, I did find it distracting, particularly when they're playing in L.A. and um, the court is painted. You know, black. I mean, yeah. it's just like wait. You know, the the paint. You know, the area under the hoop is black, and it's just like wait, what is going on? That's true.
0: That's true. So, and, and it's. I think they're just leaving it like that the whole season. That is very true. Like I, am Yeah. And when you see the Nets, you're like, oh, okay, that's the Nets. Like it's a black court. Their logos black and white makes sense. But the Clippers, they're getting a little bit too heavy on the black. The black motif them because we've defined them for a long time as a red or a blue team
1: red but... white and blue that's the clippers college yeah. red white and blue and it's been that way forever oh yeah and i know you like the lakers they're kind of throwbacks but i mean sorry the lakers are purple and gold i mean <laughs> they just are but
0: and... they used to be blue but when they were in minneapolis they were blue
1: so yeah Dave, i wasn't born then so <laughs> and i'm pretty old so <laughs> so i wasn't allowed to see that Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. They're purple and gold, and yeah. But I mean, the Clippers bother me more because every time I turn the Clippers on, they're in those black uniforms. Have they even had the red or the the blue ones this
0: year? Like, it seems like they they've been really milking that. I mean, we, you remember? I I think it's hilarious because you were just really going gaga about their their L.A. Los Angeles black uniforms, the city jerseys.
1: I like them, but in practice, when you see them playing a team that is now known for black and white. Right. It's right. too much of a distraction.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like when you play another team that has a similar motif and you're using your alternates on them, then who's the, you know, who, which which team is which? And I think a big part of what makes a great team so memorable and and indelible in the minds of the fans is like the colors. So you're right. By the way. Absolutely.
1: I mean, you know, I don't, I don't like the uh I have never liked the Celtics. I don't think they've had a single good city. What is it called? <laughs> these city. These edition, are the worst you know, though. But
0: Where they're just they're just taking the They are the, the worst, the but banners. I will give
1: them credit for this. I will give them credit for this. They're green and they're white. And you, you, there's no mistaking who the Celtics are when they take the court.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. That's that is fair like they... i don't like
1: the design they've been uniformly awful <laughs> so but...
0: bad it's so bad it's so lazy it's just like let's just take the banner from the rafters and put it on there and put it over them like that's what they did yeah like, oh and, and they're so basic and to begin with it's just like this is such a dull uniform like i can't i can't get i can't like you said i at least it's green and white though you're right because they did have these weirdo gold yeah. ones and they've had the black ones and then they've, had, they've just been all over the place did the so
1: Celtics lost again
0: oh my goodness
1: they I did I did not see it but apparently Luca hit two three-pointers on the last two possessions I did not see it because I mm. couldn't couldn't change the channel quick enough but, uh, <laughs> but yeah that, that's what happened <laughs> Then once you saw the and, score, like, yeah,
0: let me just take my time changing it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I I didn't I don't feel like I need I don't feel like I missed anything, but Kemba continues to be just awful. I mean, yeah. he's been just absolutely terrible, and I I, I don't know the game. So two nights ago, where he, he shot, yeah, the the game the game on Sunday afternoon against Pelicans, where he, I think he was one for thirteen from three in that game. And I, I mean, he's just been—he's been, he's been un, almost unplayable.
0: Why is he taking yet, so many playing. shots? Being that bad, I mean, I
1: guess. Oh just... man! I mean, open, Dave, open looks—he's missing, and it's it, it's it's a pretty bad scene because you know that game was close. It went into overtime, and he could not buy a basket Wait a tonight. We talking about the 11. game against the
0: Pelicans? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, that. that he was, was one for thirteen in that
1: game. That's rough.
0: That's a rough one. Yeah.
1: yeah he they had better control tonight. that
0: game until the end, and I think that's a, you know when your guys can't make baskets. Oh, like... they
1: yeah they no, he, yeah he they they had a they had like a twenty one point lead in that game and they blew it.
0: Oof. man, that that's rough.
1: I don't know. They might be headed to the lottery, Dave.
0: <laughs> really? You think they're that bad? Wow,
1: I don't know. I don't well, it, know. I mean, no, I'll say this: what are the standings right now?
0: I'll say this: their their ability to make the playoffs is absolutely in doubt, and that's completely fair to say, because they have not looked good for like a month. Like I, I mean, you, we're talking about the Detroit games. That's just one thing, but these are games you got to win. You can't go up twenty four on anybody. Like I mean, I'm just here. I am like rooting for the team that blew a seventeen point lead at home against the Wizards, but the Wizards were on a roll. Like the Pelicans. Look, I I get they're all right, but dude, that's just like, that's just hard to believe. Like, the Celtics used to not do that, too. So, there might be something to Kemba really altering the mojo of the team. I don't know. It's, but you definitely can't lose it. No, I mean, the
1: the, Kemba, I mean, Kemba's problem is is injuries. I mean, he has his knee is shot, Mm -hmm. and he can't get, you just, for a guy who relied on speeds as much as he did. Um, he just can't. He can't get to the basket like he once did, and so guys are leaving open for you know for jumpers, and if he can't make those, he, he's completely useless. So, yeah. Sullik's problem is is guard play right now. Yeah, um, no
0: question. That you know, Kemba's like... been
1: bad. Kemba's been terrible, and Marcus Smart is at right now, and so it's like you know, I mean, Peyton Pritchard step up and. And, and anyone else who so they can get minutes out of, yeah. um, you know, needs, But, I mean, Kevin played – you know, he's playing – he's still playing, like, starter minutes. And he's starting, and he's still playing, like, 30 a game.
0: Well, yeah. I don't fault – I don't fault Stevens for continuing with the minutes. Like, he's been an all-star multiple times. It's definitely – He was
1: All-NBA the year they got him. Yeah. so it's First not, team.
0: Can't kill him for that. But just it's just a bummer that he's just been so brutal. And maybe he is yeah. hurt more than we know, but he this. But it's been two years of this. This hasn't been just one year. Like I, I had him in a fantasy. I think no, he was great
1: year. last year. Yeah. Kemba was awesome last year, and and then the playoffs happened. Then he had the knee injury, and yep. he didn't. He he missed a bunch of games in the playoffs, and then he missed like the first twelve to fifteen games this season. Yep, and and then since he's been back, they've been awful. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah i i i just i think they just honestly i'm not i'm not in panic mode i'm like whatever they, they're they <laughs> still like one of the youngest teams in, in basketball yeah and you know just i i would i would just wouldn't panic i wouldn't like tr- start trading like real assets or mm-hmm. you know just try to make a run for this i mean look they made the conference finals like the last four straight years right i mean yep um So, but Kemba's Kemba's that that contracts a problem.
0: That's yeah, it's unfortunate. I think if there's a way to get him to to be to heal better, you know, be healthier, it would certainly be a big help for the Celtics. But when when you get when you put that much investment in him and he's as ineffective as he is, it hurts. And we talked earlier in our in our last episode, we talked about how not having Gordon Hayward has hurt them too. That is, that is a, they're clearly missing him now. There's no doubt. Like the spacing isn't what it used to be because he's not there to keep everybody else on us. So um, kind of a bummer. Okay. So I have a couple more things. So the yeah. the Hornets, I think are still a work in progress. You know, the Mellow's fun. I mean, I, we talked about Hayward. He's fun too. And, you know, uh, Bridges is fun. And PJ Washington is fun. And, you know that this is a fun team, but they give you the middle all the time. They, you know, like they had, they were going neck and neck with Utah yesterday, but then that fourth quarter started, and the Utah and Utah ramped up their defense, and they yeah. could, they could yeah. match
1: it. Utah just blew their doors off. That was a close game. You're right, absolutely, hundred percent. And then. I I was I was doing something else and I kind of flipped around and I came back and I was like, wow, this isn't even a game anymore. Because yeah. when I changed the channel, Charlotte had the lead, and um, next thing I know, it was double digits. Utah was going the other way. You're yeah. right, and I mean, like you know, the, the, yeah, you're right. They do have a problem, um, you know, with 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 the center position. It's like Bismack Biyombo is playing major major minutes as like an undersized center and and uh and I think their backup is Cody zeller, so uh so yeah that's that's a problem, but they are fun, you're right, they are fun they're they're this one of the big surprises of the league uh, this season
0: yep i i mean, I think the the what what when I finally got around to start to watching them, what I noticed is two things they play with a very slow pace, and I think if I go to the n b a pace of play chart, let me do that now you'll see that they're probably among the slowest paced teams uh in the league but that also masks how bad their defense is cuz like because they play at a slow pace it's just like oh they give up only like 110 points a game but their defense is terrible like the reason why it doesn't seem like it's a worse defense is because their pace of play is as slow as it is like it's okay so i'm looking at it 102.8 points per 100 possessions and that puts them at 18th in, in the league for pace of play. So they're one of the slower teams, not the slowest, but one of the slower teams in the NBA. So it's a little misleading. Like you just think, well, this team is a decent defense, but it really isn't. Like it's just because they are so slow. So um like you said, they need help on de- with the uh, the interior. Their forwards are just not that good. So that's why they're always giving up the middle and and it's not really the guards can only do so much at that point. Like once you beat the once you beat the perimeter, it's I'm serious. It's like wide open for those guys. It seems like so. Yeah. When you got guys like Rudy Gobert, I mean, forget it. Like he's gonna score on them. So, um, I, that was pretty much it. I don't really have anything else to say about the Hornets, but it's fun, and I, I hope they keep. We'd like to talk about
1: the Hornets. I mean, they're 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 a fun team. I get it.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's and it'll continue to be that way. It's just that once they get to the playoffs, I feel like they're probably not gonna last very long, just because every coach that coaches in the playoffs is gonna see that like it's so easy to score on them inside. Like so, they'll they'll probably maybe make it, take a series six, but winning a series is gonna take more. So that they've got work to do. But I'm glad that they're getting there. You know, like it's it's really cool that Lamelo has exceeded his expectations, if you can believe that. And so. I, I root for them. I hope they continue to do well, and we just recognize their deficiencies. Now on the Jazz, don't need to talk about them too much more because we, we got into that last week. But my question is, with the Lakers going to the Jazz such as they are, no shooter, no Davis, they waived Quinn Cook yesterday. Yachts messaged me about that. That doesn't – I mean, you usually only saw Quinn Cook in, in blowout games, so I guess it didn't really matter. But uh, this team sucks right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, they don't suck. But they, they, they've they been really struggling. And I would find it very difficult to believe that they could beat the Utah Jazz on the road. The Jazz are tough to play at home anyway. So how many points will the Jazz beat the Lakers by tomorrow? Um, let me get your opinion on, on that matchup.
1: Uh, well,
0: this is—I've <laughs> never heard you
1: this down on your team. This is I shouldn't
0: crazy. be that down on their team. On the team, that's that's ridiculous. I know. I'm just being silly. i just um, but I do think they're gonna lose because the Jazz are just really, really on a on their game at home. I, the Lakers' defense is very good. Like I think that's the one thing that continues to be consistent with this team. Their league defense, no matter how bad their is, they still can play defense, and so. I don't know if the Jazz are necessarily gonna win by thirty, but if they did, it wouldn't surprise me. That's sort of my like where I was going with that. So I don't know. It's just gonna be I would have a tough time seeing them win outright, but but they're gonna play hard, I think. And because of the Jazz, maybe they'll they'll bring a little bit more energy into it. So
1: Yeah, I mean the Jazz are tough. I mean they just oh, yeah. they they I think they're the top team in defensive rating. And and like we talked about before, they just they kill you with the three. I mean, they're just all of a sudden they're just kind of loaded up with three point shooters, yep. and they're just tough to defend. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but you know, it. it, it I definitely think the Jazz, obviously without AD and Schroeder, and, and you know, it's gonna be it's a really tough matchup for the Lakers. So, yeah, but.
0: I I really if the Lakers can keep it within 10 points, I would give them a tip of the cap. I Wow.
1: I mean, look at you, man. I, I
0: mean, you're Just because they're so shorthanded though. It's only it's really what what we're talking about. I mean, LeBron is great. I mean, I know he's going to bring like probably a 40-point game into this game tomorrow. And I just don't know how they're going to slow down that Utah offense because it just has been hitting all the threes. It's, it's, and, and even Mitchell's just really been going crazy. And, and then Clarkson, their depth seems to be pretty good. So the biggest thing that LeBron has been able to do in the last two weeks with AD out is make you know finish at the basket. My feeling is it's just going to be tougher for him to do that Against the Utah defense, and that's a tough defense. And you mentioned how they're really good at limiting three point shots. Well, the Lakers aren't even taking that many three point shots in the beginning, with so it'll be even easier for them to guard the paint. So it just—I'm just trying to figure out like how the Lakers would would win this game, and I'm just not—it's not really coming to me. Like, what's your? What would the Lakers need to do to win that game? I know they can, but it's just like, what, what would it take? You?
1: <laughs> what would they need to do? Um, yeah, they need to, you know, they need to limit the three-point shot. That's yeah, it. yeah. I mean, they have to prevent the scoring from outside. Um, actually, And I actually got that wrong. The Lakers are the top team in defensive rating. Jazz are number two. Oh, okay. So, But I believe that. I mean, they've been playing. Yeah. Both of
0: these teams have been really elite defenses throughout the year, with or without AD, but obviously better when he's in there. But there's still a good defense even without him. So. I mean, if you think about it, like the Lakers when they lost to Miami on Saturday, this final score was like ninety eight to ninety four. So the defense was not the problem. And it wasn't the problem against the Nets either. They actually held the Nets down off you know, on their they they didn't you know. The Nets normally score like hundred and thirty points a game. And in that game they barely scored like hundred eight. So yeah. the defense is not the issue with the Lakers at the moment. So I don't think that'll 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 uh disappoint them. So if they were to win, they're gonna have to play a very good defense. And then they're just gonna need some guys to play unlikely give put out unlikely performances. And particularly I'm thinking like Kuzma. And you would think that Kuzma will really thrive in this scenario. He's had some good games, but in this game he's gonna have to be pretty great. It's like he's gonna need like twenty points to win. So it can happen, but it's just gonna take it's gonna take certainly an impressive shooting night from outside.
1: I mean, I'll ask you this: Like LeBron, you know, when when he, you know, when he's got the ball in his hands, who do you want him to pass the ball to? Who who's your best offensive player
0: outside of LeBron? You know, and who,
1: outside of LeBron, of who's there? Right? And with obviously with AD out, I mean, you, you wanted to it go to Caruso. You wanted to go to
0: it would have been Schroeder, right? Yeah. And now he's gone too. So that makes you're right. Got to be Kuzma, right? It's probably Kuzma at this point. So it really would be up to him to really be more to really do well with that three point shot. He's had games where he's done it. So I think if you start him, and I'm sure he's starting right now, but if you start him and really put the uh, you know just give him the challenge, like all right, this is your game. You will be the guy that decides this game. Like, that's your pitch to him as a coach. And he will try to step up to the challenge. I know he wants to. He's done it. He has done it. He has done it. I've seen it. Like, he did it against OKC a couple years ago. It was really great. So, Kuzma's going to be the next factor to me. So, I think you're right. I think it's going to be him. LeBron is going to really get put him to the challenge of taking this game. And if Kuzma can do it, then the Lakers will have a real chance at that upset.
1: Yeah, I was just looking at Laker stats. Like KCP's, like his three point shooting is amazing. Forty two percent. He's been outstanding. He has
0: had a so. good year, but man, not not in the last couple of games. Like he only, I think he only had three threes in, in yesterday. In the other game in yesterday's game, yeah. if I recall.
1: Yeah, and these are two of the best teams at limiting opponent three-point percentage. Yeah, Jazz are Jazz are opponents are shooting thirty-five percent, and Lakers are thirty-five point one. They're both top five. Ah, uh, yeah. Interestingly, the Knicks number one at thirty-two percent three-point. shoot Yeah.
0: No kidding. Well, it didn't really work out tonight for the Knicks, but but yeah. But that's a, but that that's not that's understandable like that's tough you can't hold down stuff for too long like <laughs> it's, it's all right they were in the game though they only lost by eight as a throw i that, did that, I did not
1: watch a lost. single minute of that game
0: I don't I didn't either I just saw the score right now it's just like okay yeah. good for them I guess they kept, they kept it kind of close so um that's about it i, I was i really did trying to stretch that out but I was very interested to hear your thoughts on that jazz game i i, I think the jazz were gonna kill them, but but look, there is a path for them to win. They just, it just, it's just going to take an enormous effort out of their role players. In particular, you mentioned two big ones in Kuzma and KCP. If they both can stroke the three, and that's like I said, you mentioned now the Nick, the Jazz are really good at limiting three pointers. That's what it'll take, though. They're going to have to be really good at hitting the wide open looks.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Uh anything else that you were that you that you were looking at in the league before go like something else that was going on that you want to talk about
1: Not really. I just I'm looking at the week ahead and just, you know, we're we're you know, next week is March. So Yeah. Um we got uh we got the All-Star break and but before that I'm just looking at some of the matchups. Any interesting matchups coming up? Uh let's see. Um Clippers at Celtics. I mean, there's, there's nothing, nothing jumps out of me. Suns, here's a good one. Next Tuesday, if we do a show, Suns at Lakers. That's a, that's a good one. It's Tuesday night. That is a that's good a one. TNT Lake game. Love it. And oh, here's a good Wednesday. Jazz Sixers. I love that one. I, I'm gonna be on that one. Wednesday night seven. It's in Philly, hmm. and for some reason, the uh, ESPN game that night is Brooklyn at Houston, which doesn't really <laughs> interest me that much.
0: You know, I got to give the the Rockets a lot of credit for trying to play hard. I I don't think, I just think that the the schedule's caught up to them, and now that the competition has stepped up and. I think the lack of talent on that team really finally caught up with them too. They released DeMarcus Cousins today.
1: Yeah. I wonder where he'll end up. Has, has there been any word about that?
0: No. Well, I mean they just did it, so I don't know yet. Yeah. But would you would you find the now who was that you were saying that needed a, a defensive presence? Well, the Nets. So would they go after him?
1: That'd Toronto, be, maybe. Toronto would be an interesting one. Because Toronto needs a center.
0: They picked it up too. The, they had back-to-back wins against the Bucks. No, yeah. that's pretty good. I, I don't, I don't know. know what that says about the Bucks, but that is pretty good.
1: Yeah, the week ahead, man. March, turn the flip the calendar, right?
0: Yeah, March is coming. Final, March Madness is coming in college basketball too, and I know that you don't, you probably haven't been up on it as much as I have, but. It's gonna be a good. Con- it's gonna be really good. I think the tournament will be. The the big is getting a little too crazy with Baylor and Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is definitely worth the hype, but I don't know if Baylor is. And Baylor was we very lucky to win tonight. They they almost lost to Iowa State, who is two and like eighteen. They almost lost at home to those guys tonight. So who they Baylor
1: almost lost to who?
0: Who is it? Iowa State.
1: Uh yeah, I have, I have not kept up with college hoops, unfortunately.
0: That's nah, okay. I mean, no, I don't so think I'm anyone does. <laughs> most people just tune in like when the tournament starts, and they're like, ah, yeah. yeah it's so weird,
1: you know? It's like, I, I I I like it, but I mostly watch it just to see who, you know, like the the next group of pros is, and and you know, like if you look at last year's draft, there were so many guys who were drafted who didn't play in college. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I include, like, Wiseman in there, but I'm also including, like, LaMelo. Just guys who just, you know, I mean, like, especially with G League now, guys can go directly from high school into the G League and not... Yeah, I get that.
0: I know that college basketball is becoming more relevant, but I still like it. I think it's cool to see all the traditional powers and then even the the newcomers and the... the Oh, I I don't
1: dislike it. I just... But I'm... It's just... It's... There is a shift happening. That's oh, that's, there's that's no doubt. Important.
0: Like, I mean, certainly, if you compare it, to even like five years ago, you're noticing that people aren't really utilizing the college sport as a choice for their developmental purposes. And as you said, with Lamelo doing so well, it's clear you don't even need it anymore. It's just an option now. It was not the the way to get to get to make your name in in the sport of basketball
1: yeah i i'm i'm kind of curious to see how many guys go pro like whether it's g league or whether it's like another league like mm-hmm. one of the euro leagues or the ABL like um lamello did you know i'm, I'm just kind of curious to see if that you know you know we're seeing a trend right now clearly but oh, how yeah. much yeah how much that changes over the next few years and if you know if, it, if it's um if it's going to ramp up even more, uh,
0: I guess it would. I guess it would. Like if they, if the yeah. one and done rule isn't, is abolished, then some of the, then you're going to see a bunch of people just go right to the NBA and not even do the, the Australian league in the G league. Yeah.
1: Is that, so what is, what is the status of that? When is that? Cause that's been talked about for, you know, for, for several years now. Yep. And like, is that, actually going to go away or is that still
0: well i know they want to i don't have a lot to say about it like i i think they've um they're talking about it but as you said there hasn't actually been any actual decision on it yet so it's here Because there's me. always rumors
1: like oh yeah 2022 draft this is gonna be amazing this is gonna be all these high school kids and it's yeah. like wait but nothing's official yet right?
0: right 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 yeah there hasn't <laughs> been anything tangible Really, just people saying, well, this, this is what they're talking about. But there's been no actual movement on it yet. So
1: yeah.
0: I would appreciate some movement on it because I feel like this one-and-done rule is silly. Like, it's not really doing anything. It doesn't really benefit either sport. It doesn't benefit college because you can't have the continuity for players to really make that big of an impact on the program. Like, they might be good for one year, but they might not. So they, can, they really need, like, two or three years to, to truly be well-developed within the sport of college basketball. And it doesn't benefit the NBA a whole lot because you think, well, you know, at least they're not going to go in they're completely raw. But plenty of guys have done one and done and they've not amounted to much in the NBA either. I mean, um, what's a good example of that? I, was, I just thought of was a guy recently who really didn't... Well, who was the guy we were talking about? I think uh, Tyler Johnson, right? Wasn't he one of those guys? Like, he played for who? I'm trying to remember. But...
1: He was a one and dunner? What, what were you was saying? The
0: one and no, Check.
1: No, I mean, I'm just thinking about like last week. I noticed there was some guy from Duke who, you know, he's a freshman and just announced he's not going to play any more games. And I mean, like, how does that benefit Duke to to have this guy who's, you know, his intent was never to play more than one year, and he's playing less than that.
0: No, that, I think that's. It, and I, I, I'm sorry for picking on Tyler Johnson, by the way. I'm sorry, Tyler. I didn't mean to do that, but
1: Fresno State, interesting.
0: Oh, that is. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's so yeah. interesting, but but I completely agree. Like, well, you get the you get the buzz for like the one year, good case of that of Zion, of course, when he played for Duke for
1: a that, year. That is really the the rarity, though, in my opinion. Yeah. Like to see a freshman come in and dominate like that, it's just. It's unlikely. You know, yeah, it yeah. it really it's it's that's the white whale, you know.
0: Yeah. That's I agree. It doesn't seem to really be taking anyway. Like Kentucky used to get by with that sort of strategy. They 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 used to take teams with a bunch of one and dunners to the final four. And now they've just have a they have a year where they can't even get to the tournament at all. It's all kind of just crashed on them. They were in the Elite Eight in the previous tournament back in 2019, but this year that team is pretty. It's pretty embarrassing. Like it's, it's been pretty bad. Duke's been pretty bad, and so pretty much hits your nail on the head, doesn't it? I mean, both
1: those teams had really good recruiting classes. I know Duke did, but I'm assuming Kentucky did because they do every single year. Yeah. So what happened there?
0: Well, when you only can play for a year, how much can you? You know, how much can you develop a team? Yeah. How can you establish a winning like a winning team when you can only get, like, a couple months to, like, work out, like, all their nuances and everything and see how they play with other players? And North Carolina, by the way, is in there, too. Like, he, they're not going to make the tournament. So a lot of these blue bloods have just been just awful this year. And between COVID restrictions and the limited amount of time they can play in college basketball, limited amount of practice time, and this is just; these are just programs that really just don't have much to work with. Uh, so, I mean, if the players really don't want to play more than a the year, then as you said, like, what's the point of even recruiting them? It just seems to seem like a waste of money at that point.
1: Yeah, Kentucky. I'm looking at 24/7 Sports. Kentucky had the top recruiting class in the country. UNC is two. Yeah. <laughs> and Duke was three. And not not one of those teams is in the top 25
0: right now. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's just amazing. Like, And Michigan State isn't in the top 25 either, as far as I know. And they were perennial Final Four teams. So it is a rare year indeed.
1: Huh.
0: It is, yeah. It is. I'll get into it. I'll pick it up when when
1: it when it's time. As, I'll well, get into it. The...
0: the other, <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm sorry, you were saying?
1: No, I was just going to say, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I just haven't had... Uh haven't had the interest yet but maybe I'll'll I'll tune in when it's um once the conference tournaments which should be starting in a few weeks right we're, it's we're probably almost there we're only know. days away actually yeah like, okay <laughs> close to that
0: come like basically when the next week begins so either Sunday or Monday I forget which one a number of the conferences will start their tournaments not all of them though like the big ones I think will keep playing regular season but the small ones will start their tournaments and then the week after the big conferences start their tournaments and then right after that is selection sunday, selection sunday yeah. and and that's an exciting day for a lot of us so don't ever feel bad about not following regular season college basketball because there's not much to it's not it's really it's not that important <laughs> i can tell you what what's happened and you'll pretty much be filled in and <laughs> if not then you can get john rostean or somebody else on twitter to tell you what's going on so it doesn't take much to, to to catch up with everybody, you know, to catch up with the sport. Um, it won't matter because even if you were perfect, even if you're Baylor, and if you've gone like 25-0 and or 30-0 and or whatever-and-0 and you win your tournament, what difference does it make when UNBC beats you in the first oh. round? It means nothing. So the regular season doesn't really mean that much until you make the wins. In in the big dance, so you just
1: so as up. I look at this right now, Clemson's thirteen and five. Mm-hmm. Do they have a chance? Can they make the tournament? It, they, it might they're... be tough. It might be tough. It might be tough. Uh, Syracuse
0: is yeah. in a is in a similar spot. They needed to win against Duke last night. They didn't win. They got their buck. They actually got humiliated. Actually, they won by like a whole lot of points at Duke. Cameron Indoor. Um, I will check Joe Lonardi's scenario as far as Clemson. Um, he can give us a good idea. Um, like it really it just it depends on a lot. Like I think, uh, I think they can get there, but I have to see. I have to see. Um, oh gosh. So you said they're thirteen wins.
1: Thirteen and five right now. Yeah. Seven and five in conference.
0: Let me look uh, the ACC up. is
1: such a weird conference, so I don't even think that matters. It's having
0: it? a bad season. Yeah, it's I mean, bad back-to-back
1: season. bad seasons, right, Dave?
0: Yeah, ACC, it's been rough. the The shining light in the ACC is on two teams. It is on Virginia, who has somehow rebounded, and they've they they look pretty good. They they did lose a couple of games. They 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 lost. They to lost to Duke, right? Yeah, Wasn't that they the... lost to Duke on Saturday, but I still think they'll be fine. And then you have Florida State, who just looks dynamite. Right? And they had a long delay due to COVID situations, but uh, they lost. They won their last three. I feel like that's, not a lot of people are talking about it. It's just like this. Everybody's talking about Gonzaga and Iowa and and Baylor. Oh my goodness, look at those guys. But and but man, barely anybody's talking about Florida State. Watch out for those guys. I'm telling you. This is- Dave,
1: I love Florida State. I've talked about it on the show. I, yeah. I I there there's always like a, one or two guys I, I track on that team because I, I happen to see them. And uh yeah, I mean Leonard Hamilton does a great job. And, mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Florida State. I always watch him like who is this guy? Like this guy's gonna go in the NBA next yep. year.
0: Uh, I love seeing one of their one of their guys, Terrence Mann, now on the Clippers, yeah. doing well on the bench. Yeah. So the other guy
1: I liked on that team and he's on the Clippers is uh is and he hasn't he hasn't he really hasn't had a had a big spot yet is Kim Migeli and he's a backup like center power forward type, but he I always thought he was gonna be good and I just I checked I checked their box scores, but he never he never gets the minutes. But um, but well, they, they every year they have these wings, Dave, that are like, man, they're just built for the NBA.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're big dudes, right? Like it's a, yeah. it's very athletic team. It's an exciting team to watch, and they've done a remarkable job this season. Like they've beat some good teams. Certainly, as I mentioned, the the strength of schedule isn't going to really amount to much because the ACC is down. But but hey, give them credit when they do win. They crushed teams. And I mentioned Virginia, the other team in the ACC. When they met head-to-head back on February 15th, Florida State poured it all over Virginia. Mm. They they won by 21 points. That is, they poured it all over UNC. They poured it all over Louisville. They crushed your Clemson Tigers, unfortunately. Um, Killed Miami. Like, they really have been just killing everybody this year.
1: Well, I mean, like, so UVA is, like, the opposite of, of like, a, a Kentucky, right? I mean, like, the exact opposite. Yeah, the very There's no opposite. one Dunners. There's no <laughs> one in Dunners. Every, pretty much, everyone stays three or four years. And they're really well coached. And, like, their coach is just like, yeah, this is – I can't compete with Kentucky. I mean, they, they'll get some good recruits occasionally. But, the, I mean, the, the is the guys are going to stick around and – contribute in the long run and like in year three or year four, they're going to go to the tournament and and make a run. Right. I mean, isn't that, mm-hmm. is not, that
0: they won it all in the last of, tournament. Like twenty nineteen. There's yeah. a culmination of that entire strategy and their defense, mm-hmm. which they call the pack line defense. One of the toughest defenses in the sport. Um, but the flip side, as you just noted is they don't get anybody the NBA. Do you know anybody like, you know, that has been like, uh, trying to remember Brogdon
1: Brogdon's awesome
0: Malcolm Brogdon okay yep so that is a great call Malcolm Brogdon yeah. is one of the best in the sport and now he's with Utah
1: he's he's with um Indiana Pacers oh, he's, he's right, awesome
0: right 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 Indiana so Bogdanovich and Brogdon I mess them up all the time I keep switching oh, switch but yeah yeah Indiana yeah so he is he is very good so Okay, but compared to Florida State, like that's like one guy in like 5 years compared to like five guys who just been named off of like Florida State's recruiting. So Oh no, I
1: mean there's no comparison definitely, but you know um you know Tony Bennett, I mean he, he, he that's not his business, you know. It's he's just correct. like the exact opposite like Calipari, at some point, part of his pitch is just like, look, I'm going to get you the NBA. Is that what you want?
0: He's made it very clear, too. Like, I respect <laughs> him for that. Like, he's not fooling around. Like, he's not trying to put up the charade that he's about anything else than getting guys to the NBA. So, And
1: and Bennett is just like, look, if you work hard for three or four years, you might be um, Malcolm Brogdon. You know? <laughs> but that's not bad. That's, it's that's not a bad, but career. it's a, it's a real long shot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true that's true well this has been fun i i really hope you enjoy the tournament once it gets around i mean if you were looking for some more intel i can give it to you i've i've had a lot of fun following basketball i love basketball that much where contrary to popular belief you know popular sentiment no who cares about the regular season i enjoy it anyway i think it's it's fun to follow the rivalries and everything else and get to know players and Once the tournament starts, it's kind of nice to get rewarded with seeing all these guys in a big spot. So it'll be fun.
1: I agree. I, even though I'm, I've watched less college basketball this year than, than probably any year I can remember. Um, I totally agree. It it, it is fun. And like, you know, uh, there's nothing like turning on a game on a Saturday afternoon, just chilling out. That's the uh, best. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Saturday afternoon. College basketball is the best. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. All right, well, uh, thank you, Chris. This has been a lot of fun again, and um, enjoy the rest of the games. And we'll see if some of these teams can turn it around, particularly your Celtics.
1: I I'm not optimistic, Dave. I'm I'm really not. They've th- three wins in the last ten games. They've lost to some bad teams, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm, uh, I'm just really down on Kemba, and I think they need some guards and it wouldn't it it wouldn't bother me if they actually did get into the lottery. I don't know. I mean, it's probably not realistic, but it could happen, so. Mm. It's
0: it's interesting to think that they could be there after what they've done the last 3 years, but that is but I I don't think you're wrong. I honestly don't. So, well, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Thank you for uh also as usual talking me off the ledge with the Lakers, but uh, <laughs> again, I'm just saying this is just who they are now. They're going to be better. I know. I'm not worried about it
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, no they, they, I mean you you worry too much, Dave. Yeah, I, I know. should be the one worried yeah, yeah, it's, a...
0: it's just interesting to see them being like that in the jazz, and then you see the meeting of the two. It's like, oh, boy, you know, so we'll see. Hey, you know, this is a great team. This has been, and I think when they are all healthy. They're gonna be dynamite again, so let's not get let's not jump the gun. Okay, Chris, I'll uh, well, have a great rest of your week and uh, enjoy the games. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Awesome, thanks for having me, Dave. Take care.
0: Thanks you too. All right, take care. That's Chris in Georgia. That's our show. Thanks again, everybody. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it, and stay with us. Of course, we have got much more continuing coverage of all things basketball plus uh, baseball coming up on the horizon as well. Spring training has just started, so. If you're looking for us and you want to keep following our, our enterprises, we are on Twitter at didcow, on Facebook, didcow.com on Facebook.com slash didcow, on the web at DitCow.com, Apple podcast Dave in the City Out West. I am Dave Medina. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time.